Talk Six. Zana, what's good, y'all? About to record this new episode of the Miss Education of the People. So you already know I'm not answering your phone call. Over here, about to have a dope conversation with the CEO and Chief Marketing Officer of Lex Technologies, Tanisha Friday. We talking sex from the black perspective, and you know, give you a little idea how to use a little do rag in the bedroom. Not me. All right, let's go. Beats by Pete Samples. You welcome back. Welcome New back. Miss Education took a nice little week off. Definitely needed it to celebrate my birthday. Uh, as usual, you know, shout out to everyone out there, you know, trying to thrive. We're not surviving no more. We're trying to thrive. Now we make it out here. Um, of course, shout out to the black community with our sacred practice of collecting the plastic food containers. You know, grandma been doing it for a minute. You may think you're going for some butter, but it's actually some collard greens. <laughs> I mean, uh, but I, I saw a video actually online talking about putting some dish soap and some paper towels in there and shaking it up to get those stains out. I don't know if it worked, but if it works, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, you know, tweet me, uh, real underscore MR underscore Morgan. And um, shout out to Chad, Chadwick Bozeman, man. Um, rest in power. His impact will have a lasting impression on our youth, definitely. Um, I wish I had a black superhero coming up. I'm in the mainstream, but, uh, the kids have him to look up to and he was killing the other roles that he was doing too. Very diverse actor, very skilled actor. So, you know, um, definitely, uh, shout out to his family and everyone that's affected by it. Because I know when I got that news, I was like, yeah. And I'm still kind of like in a weird place where funk, but you know, um, he's not here physically anymore, but spiritually he is here with us, but this is a reminder, you know, we need to really start taking care of our health, especially the fellas, um, colon cancer, uh, affects African-Americans, black people, et cetera, what you want to call it, uh, at higher rates compared to any other, um, ethnicity. So we definitely need to make sure we get in there, get our checkups that are needed. Um, and I know it's hard to trust the medical system because of all the fuck shit, but please, please, please get your regular checkups. Um, I think it's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C. Hey, if y'all want to sponsor me, go ahead. But um, I, you can look that up to see, uh, to get uh, reviews about doctors, so bedside manner. Um, and sometimes they have pictures too. So, you know, if you want somebody black, which I honestly prefer when it comes to my medical professionals because they understand what we go through and they're not um, influenced as much by the bullshit within the medical books stating that black people uh, take more pain or we're different when it comes to medical stuff. So none of that um, medical racism, eugenics bullshit. Um, And last shout out, you know, shout out to me. I'm feeling good, feeling great, feeling great, feeling good. How are you? Um, 33 um, definitely is a different energy, feeling charged up. Uh, Discipline is paying off. Um, yeah, man. Just uh, my my focus for 2020 was to really get my money right and to um, you know drop negative financial behaviors. You know, because I used to spend money like water, <laughs> definitely. So that's my main thing. Is really trying to work on that um, because the 43 year old me will benefit from everything that I'm doing right now. I'm sacrificing and whatnot. So discipline has been crucial and. Even with that, you know, um, doing cord cutting, um, shout out to Jade, you know, she's like one of my spiritual advisors. Um, and it's one of those things of when you have connections with people, items, etc., um, that are no longer doing you justice, 
but there's still like that energy flow. Um, sometimes you just got to cut that shit off. So, you know, I had to do some cord cutting um, to protect my peace and for my healing. So, you know, um, I'm optimistic and, you know, I'm looking forward to the chapters that are ahead really definitely. And, you know, uh, back on discipline real quick. Let me, let me tell you what happened, right? What had happened. So uh, the light had hit my ab at a certain angle and I had to look back. I'm like, yo, who, who that? I had a two and a quarter pack coming in, saying, and it wasn't in the morning time. I mean, you know, when you just get out to bed, I was like, yo, all right, all right. So, um, I've been working out for stress release purposes, um, trying to get those endorphins, not really for physical results because, you know, with our medical system, can't necessarily afford therapy because that shit is expensive as hell and my insurance is trash and it doesn't cover it. So, you know, I had to really uh, take matters into my own hands, um, doing a holistic stuff and also working out is a very big thing when it comes to uh, keeping up our mental wellness. So uh, shout out to my little cousin, Chris. Um, we out here on the football field, man. I'm, I'm out here with the young boys, old as hell. My knees is feeling it <laughs> for real. So we out here doing laps. Uh, we got the battle rope, kettlebell. We got all types of dumbbells. We got the little knee raise joints out there. So we out there. Um, and I'm definitely in the best shape I've ever been, um, especially uh, when it comes to, you know, my endurance. Like, I'm back here running three miles in 28 minutes. I ain't do that since 2013, I mean. But um, it's because, really, um, for me, like, the, the working out, it, it gets me because it, it gets me through that pain um, instead of trying to distract myself, you know. Um, we avoid conflict and obstacles, when we're trying to be at peace, but in order to, for you to actually be at peace, you have to go through those conflict and obstacles. You know, you got to go with the flow like water, you know, you just got to be within it, you know, because, uh, even if you try to suppress it or ignore it, it's still there. The only way to really get through it is to acknowledge it. You know, these, this is a part of you, this, this, this human struggle, you know, so you got to make sure you get there, you know? Um, and for me, it's one of those things of, I'm still climbing that hill. But once I get to the top, I can rest a little bit, but I know that there's going to be a lot of other hills ahead. So I'm just really trying to cherish each one. So, you know, this little two and a half, two and a quarter pack, you know, that, that's, that's big for me, you know, so this what's up. Um, and I wasn't really cherishing like the small wins. I was really looking forward towards like the big moments, the big wins in the future, you know, and that kind of contributed to my anxiety thinking about when is that going to happen? But, uh, once I started to celebrate the small little wins, you know, brick by brick, that's how a building goes up, you know, just like with wins and with achieving a goal, you got to do stuff small by small, a little bit, you know. So I wasn't doing that before. So now I'm learning to pour into that self-love into my cup, you know, just really cherishing them small wins, you know. Um, but, you know, so y'all y'all heard about this little segment I got um, in a show called The Karen Chronicles, you know, but um, I... I never really spoke speak about my experiences. I got a lot of different experiences. Trust me. Um, some wild shit. I got some stories. Y'all gonna get the stories in these two pack. You know what I mean? But um, we got a Tanner takeover. Alright. So let me tell y'all what happened, man. So I was at the beach. Um I didn't make it for my birthday, unfortunately, because it was cold as hell. I wasn't trying to be out there, but I had made it out there um a couple days later. And, you know, I was taking a nap because nap is life. I didn't choose this nap life. It chose me, you know. But anyway, I digress. Uh, just when I was hitting that sweet spot, when you about to get that uh, washed, euphoric, deep sleep, I heard somebody coughing extra loud, seemingly like it was uncontrollable, right? So I popped up to see what's going on. Um, 
and I look up, right? And I see an older tanner about 30 yards away from me, coughing with his mouth uncovered, looking directly at me with a slight smirk. Son, I made an, I, I, we made eye contact and all that stuff, right? So I gave him the, I'll be on my Zen shit, but I'll smack the shit out you look. And he stopped immediately. Like these motherfuckers are getting bold. I'm like, I'm just trying to relax. I'm just trying to be out here. And I mean, get a little, little, little almond on my body. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to live, be a peaceful man, but you know, shit's gotten out of hand really. Um, but these motherfuckers trying him. Um, and then nasty nigga news, um, Tyler Quali, right? I ain't talking talk about him. Um, he been doing some fuck shit. Um, he's been harassing this one, uh, young lady on Twitter. Um, he got banned and he was still doing shit. Um, I believe he gave out her public address too, uh, as a, um, f- form of threatening her, I guess, but that's, that's too much. And I mean, like he was a rapper that I actually, um, liked the content of his music and whatnot and actually sounded good and he rapped good and all that stuff. But like when I heard about that and then like some other shit too, that was going on behind the scenes, I'm like, ah, can't look up to these, 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 uh, these niggas. Nah, Tory Lanez, another one, you know, we see what's going on out here. A uh, perfect example of what fragile Eagle looks like. And you know, um, it's fucked up, you know, that this coward had to come out here and shoot at a woman. Um, I'm not from the streets. I'm a civilian. I don't be out here like that. But the rule is you don't shoot women or children. And this motherfucker did that shit. And she did not come ahead at him in a threatening manner. Um, she was just trying to go home from the interviews that I heard. So he's a fucking coward and I hope he gets what he gets, you know, um, send his ass to jail, um, send him right to R. Kelly's jail, uh, get this motherfucker assaulted. Just like R. Kelly got assaulted this past weekend too. So, hmm. uh, also, uh, Heard, heard some stuff about Trey Songs too. Um, la, 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 nastiness, you know. Um, this one I'm not too familiar with, but if you are, hey, please, please spread the word about it. Uh, so what I did was, you know, because it's, it's a time where, it's a time where we need to stop talking and actually get to the action, right? Um, these people, they make great music, yes, but if you really are about protecting women, then sacrifice is necessary. Um, I realized that a lot of people don't want to sacrifice, especially with everything going on in the world right now. Um, our ancestors, they had the bus boycott going on for over a year and motherfuckers can't even get together and stop using certain items or purchasing Gucci because of the fact that, oh yeah, I, I don't care about that. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, separate the people from the music. Uh, oh, it looks good. So I'm gonna get this clout, whatever. But like, it's sad that people can't stand up for something, have some kind of integrity. So what I did as soon as I heard all this shit and what I'm going to do going forward is there's a feature, um, on Spotify cause I use Spotify, um, where you can have them not play the artist at all, block their ass. So I blocked them. I'm gonna keep blocking more people who be doing some fuck shit. So I highly encourage you all to do that because, uh, if enough of us come together as a collective to block these artists that affects their money. And that will send the signal out that we're not fucking around and that change is is necessary. We need to set a new standard to let predators know that it is not okay to be out here doing the fuck shit. Alright, so we're about to get into the episode. Um, September 4th is World Sexual Health Day. So I had the honor of interviewing um, the Blex Technologies CEO and Chief Marketing Officer, Tanisha Friday. Uh, dope, dope, black-owned um, sex education company and app. 
and they have a subscription box too, but we're going to get into it. So, all right, here you go. Hey, what's going on, Tanisha? How are you doing today? I'm good, Taryn. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. It's been a very uh, heavy morning, especially hearing about Chad Bo- Boswick, but, you know, Absolutely. we're going to explore it. Yeah, definitely an inspiring dude. Um, but, you know, we, we're going to get into what you're doing here at Blex. So can you tell the people um, about yourself and what Blex Technologies does, please? Sure. So um, everyone, my name is Tanisha Friday. I am co-founder of Blex Technologies, and we are a house of um, direct-to-consumer brands in the sexual health and wellness space. Essentially, our mission is to help Black people feel invigorated Mm-hmm. Um, and discussing sexual health, um, helping them confidently lead a healthy sex life and openly flex their sexual curiosity. And we do that through a mobile app that allows folks to have one-on-one um, sex relationship or intimacy coaching with um, an expert coach via chat. And then we mm-hmm. also have a, um, a wellness kit that offers um, sexual products and solutions, everything from vibrator to lubes um, to... Um, you know, various teas, candles that are really made and curated with um, our melanin in mind. Okay, cool, cool. And like, it's dope that you're doing this because I haven't seen any uh, black sex technologies type (laughs) apps and whatnot. So that's really dope that you're creating a new space within the field. So uh, are there a lot of black faces within the sex app lane? Um, I know I'm seeing a rise in black owned apps, but however, Mm -hmm. this is a whole new thing for me. So uh, yeah, so what has your experience been with, with that so far? And are there many Black faces within this, this lane you're in? Yeah, absolutely. So I wouldn't say there's a lot of faces in the actual sex tech um, mm-hmm. space, but there is in the sexual wellness um, and worker industry. And yeah. we actually, it was a surprise to us when we you know started to go online and building our Instagram and things of that nature we started to really see we are dominating this space and really driving mm-hmm. people to be more open about their sexuality. You know, you know, black people's role in LGBTQ and that movement. Absolutely. And, um, it, you know, we, we have been really dominating that, but really didn't have a platform to elevate ourselves. And so mm-hmm. that's essentially what Blex is trying to do is bring awareness to a lot of these people who are in this industry, but not actually getting the attention that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's definitely dope. Um, and necessarily, what has the feedback been from men? Because oftentimes, <laughs> like when I'm with the fellas, we, it's a very surface level. We don't really get into sex conversations as heavy. Besides for the fact, yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah, she, she was like, right, I mean, but that, that's that's <laughs> about it. I'm not a chatty patty like some of these dudes. I mean, so these are just yeah. observations. You know, I don't talk, but really with men, um, just from my outside observations, um, and as a straight man, I noticed that a lot of them aren't willing to experiment or even use toys or whatnot, or even have mm-hmm. discomfort when their women uh, use toys and all that stuff. So like, what's the feedback been for men when it comes to using the Blacks uh, app? Yeah, I would say it's it's exactly that. It's the same. Y- y'all y'all are not ready for it. They not ready for it. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, they're not ready for it. Sorry. You know, not to generalize. Yeah, no, you know, um, that is still, I think, an issue a little bit. Um, and I, it's a stigma, I would say, that we're yeah. trying to break. Right. So, I think it's 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 men want. It, there are some men who are open to talking about experimenting in the bedroom and using toys and and, and mm. that nature. 
but don't feel comfortable talking about it for whatever reason, right? They may, yeah. you know, think their their woman is going to feel some type of way. But I just, I, the majority of our our base are females mm. who are coming to us and trying to, you know, fill the gaps or lack of intimacy in a relationship, or how can I be more open with my uh, with my partner? And a lot of the women say that yeah. their their guys, you know, are okay into experimenting, but a lot of them are just real straight to the point, not really into um, toys for whatever reason. So we're trying to break that mold a little bit more. Yeah. And, and that's definitely something I'm like, I'm thinking like, how can we even get that barrier broken down really? Yeah. Um, because it's like, for me, I realized that a lot of men are led by their ego and mm-hmm, necessarily mm-hmm. they're very, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word, but they necessarily don't really get out of their comfort zone as, as much, not yeah. as open-minded and whatnot. And All I right. see that, but at the same time, they talk about how they want a woman that's a freak and all that stuff. But, but right. when, you know, they really express themselves and it's like, Whoa, what's going on? So like, that's a very interesting thing. And I wonder really how that is going to um, change in the future. Uh, because you know we have the WAP video that came out obviously and it was a whole uproar. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> I'm like, yeah, uh, <laughs> yep. really? So, so like, what's what's some of the the wildest stuff that you've seen like men react to with the WAP video anyway? Because along since we're along this line of you know men and sexuality and what they're willing to, to do and not do and whatnot. Yeah. So like, what's, what have so you seen with that? I'll address the WAP and then I'll go into. There's two things I think that we need to do to kind of try to break this mold. So yeah. the WAP thing, first of all, I don't that's understand. It's wild, right? So, yeah. you know, it's misogyny. It's essentially what it what it boils down to is yep. that men feel that when women try to play in the same lane as them, that we mm-hmm. are, you know, demasculating them, you know, or, or you know, you know try, we're, we're now becoming a, we're basically capitalizing on hoism. And they yeah. feel that they own that space. It's not a space for a woman to play in. Um, a lot of things that I've heard men say is, okay, you guys want us to protect y'all, but here y'all go, you know, putting your pussies on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, on TV. And what that yeah. is, 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 is art for women to feel like they want to own their sexuality. It has nothing to do Truth. with trying to be a, you know, like not capitalizing on a hoe, but if I want to be a hoe, I should want, you know, that's, that's my doing. That has nothing to do with yeah. you as a man. You have the freedom and, to do um, what you want. Exactly. And, you know, men have been capitalizing on hoism since <laughs> the inception of hip hop, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's women and there's women shaking their asses. There's, there's all of this and it's okay for them to do it. But as soon as we do it without them there, you know, like it's just women having a good ass time in the video. If you look at it, it's nothing to do with yeah. men, men at all. However, they inserted themselves into the conversation and made about them misogyny again. But I think, you know, what, what men have to realize is take a step back Mm. And you know, there's there's two things here. One is I feel that a lot of men to the to the point about women being open and being and being sexual because they haven't gotten to that point. It's inferior yeah. to see a woman there. That's a mm. problem for them. Um, and we have to address that. And I think we also have to uh, have black men have to allow black women to do whatever they want to do to feel good. We have yeah. a lot against us as black women. If I want to shake my ass, let me do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, we, we hold y'all down all the time. We're always here for black men. Let black women have that space um, to, to be free and to be open and to shine how they want to. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And even when, you know, um, 
just seeing how I, I really see it as like it's an issue with men's comfortability within their sexuality itself. Mm-hmm. And it really seemed because you said that it comes from a lot of from uh, misogyny, too. Yeah. Um, but also, I think that kind of. It's, it's like hyper masculinity yep. to run every single thing and not really to have that uh, the ep- empathetic view of things of like, oh, other people can feel certain things. It's more so from a self-centered, like, this is about me. So, you know, that's, that's one thing that got to me, like, with the WAP thing, because I'm like, you're always talking about you want a woman that's a freak, but you don't want to think about how right. she gets to that point. You know, with sports, you have to practice. How do you think yeah. you want to be better at sex without that, without actually, you know, practicing it, really? Um, so that, that, was, that was a thought for me. And necessarily, when I think about sex in general, it's heavily stigmatized um, mm-hmm. within the Black community. So yes, it is. What was the reaction from your family and friends or other people's close to you when you came up with this idea? Because I, I can only imagine like what they thought possibly. Yeah, I think a lot of people were like, what are you talking about? Like, this is, we need this? I never knew yeah. that I needed it. You know, that was one, that was like an aha moment for a lot of people. And then, yeah, there were people who felt that it was, you know, it made them cringe. Um, you know, when mm-hmm. I talked to my girlfriends, I have some girlfriends who I can speak to about sex toys and I have other girlfriends who were like I don't I don't do that like I don't even masturbate you know it's a complete complete turn off and I think that stems to some of their upbringing and just in general my mom was Mm -hmm. totally on board with it my you know when I talked to my other family members they're like what you're it's oh my god you're talking about that so (laughs) it was a bit it was a bit of a mixed bag um and I think the people that are for it you know are much more open-minded and people that are not you know we, we we talked I think you and I, Taryn, um, in our last connect about like, or you and Celine did about growing up yeah. in the black community and being raised based on, you know, religion and things of that nature and how that plays into the exploration of sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have a lot of people in my family who, you know, are Christian. And so to, to be talking about sex openly is just a, is a huge no. Um, yeah. so it was definitely, it was definitely a mixed, mixed reaction. Um, those are the people that we're trying to reach out to. Those, those are really the people that we're trying to, to change a bit um, because we want them, in order to be satisfied in life in general, sexually, mm-hmm. you, know, self, you know, self-sex or self-sex with a partner, you have to know your body and you have to know, you know, you should know your body anatomy and, yep. and you shouldn't have to rely on an OBGYN, we already know the healthcare system wasn't set up for us. Um, you know, so, <laughs> you know, we, we already know that we don't go to the doctor enough. So there's a lot of things that come into play. And so if you don't start exploring yourself, you know, you, there's, there's a lack, there's a lack of sexual, you know, positive sex that you will have in, in the, the people that you choose. And so I'm just, we're trying to break that mold, but yeah, it was a lot of different reactions from people when I first told them about the business and what we were trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I can imagine too. I don't know if like your family members are heavily religious, but yeah. I can just imagine like because <laughs> the church does not play that. Um, we're not going into religion here at yeah. all because you know it's yeah. a sensitive spot for some people. But yeah, but one thing that I like to really, I, I've been on really recently was uh, self care and stress relief, mm-hmm. and people don't realize that with sex, that is a form of self care. Um, Absolutely. If, if you use it as a way um, that's not over-consuming you because it's a way yep. to be addicted to sex also. Yep. So with this, is there are, are there any um, 
I guess, services or resources that you provide centering around when it comes to sex as self-care and stress release? Yes. So we have a ton of content on our app, um, Black Zap, which is available um, and on iOS and Android, so in the Apple Store and, and Play Store. In yeah. um, our blog content, we have a lot of information and tips on how people can practice uh, sexual self-care and even being more intentional of scheduling time. And what that could be is a, a myriad of things. Mm. You know, the first is obvious, masturbation. So that is a form of sexual self-care where... Um, I personally do it daily. People, you know, you should yeah. you should do it, you know, often um, as a way to relieve stress. And there are Get things, them you know, op- you know? <laughs> yes, exactly, endorphins <laughs> and things of that nature start to be released, yeah. um, and that's important. And so there's other things like massages. So massages are also great sensual. We call that sensual self care mm-hmm. um, that you can do with a partner. Or that you can, I, I try to schedule a massage once a month. I'll actually go to the spa and like get a massage. So I'm intentional yeah. in that way. Um, and then, you know, I, people often uh, don't realize that um, having too much intercourse actually does not release stress. So mm. um, it, having sex four to five, four to five times a week is, is ideal. More yeah. than that can actually increase stress levels. Um, that's why there should be a mix of intercourse and actual, and actual masturbation. Um, and masturbation is hugely important um, mm. because it does help with arousal when you're moving into intercourse with helping to release stress. Yeah, and that's true. But also I saw something about with men, if you do masturbation too much, then that can encourage erectile dysfunction and other yes. uh, sexual dysfunction too. So fellas, make sure you got the balance with it, you know. Yeah. Uh, I ain't Just gonna once lie. A day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once a day, yeah. exactly. That's but you know, it. like back in the day when we were teenagers, when we first discovered it, it was like <laughs> yes. off the hook. <laughs> off the hook, yeah. Like you know, yeah. and you were like multiple times. You ever watched? I don't know what movie it was, but it was like they were doing it multiple times at night. Like don't don't do that. You know, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, 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 nah. We, we, we oh, keep now. it to five uh, minutes and move yes. on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> facts, facts. <laughs> so, so like with me, like. I've always discussed sex in private, you know, mostly like mm. with women and everything um, one-on-one. We talk, I talked about it within the group settings and whatnot, but like more so uh, the interview that I did with Celine was the first time I actually talked about it in public, which is very interesting. Ah, to me. Okay. Um, so for me, I know that sex was not discussed within my household. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, they tried to get me to talk, but I'm like, man, if you don't got here with this black shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But yeah, so like, I know that was my experience. So like, was sex discussed in your household growing up? And if not, how did you actually learn from sex? Yeah, not I at mean, all. I learn about sex, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the answer is no. It was not okay. discussed um, in my household. Um, there were actual, dis- you know, disturbing things that happened in my household sexually that we wouldn't even, you know, we, we would put it under the rug, right? Yeah. So it was even like a bit of a toxic, um, just to be completely honest, toxic, toxic environment when it came to, to sexual education. And then mm-hmm. just dropping a stat here is that there's only 22 states in the U.S. that mandate sex education. Um, mm-hmm. And only 13 of those states require it to be medically accurate. So... They're not wow. even talking about it, you know, like statewide is not even a priority to give children, you know, in, you know, sexual health information. And mm-hmm. then, of course, because of systemic racism, when you go into, you know, low income or minority communities, sex ed is not even on the agenda. Mm-hmm. So for and, me, mm-hmm. oh, go ahead. 
No, no, you go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, so for me, I it was more when I started to study when I was in college. I took a women in feminism course, and that was the first time that I was really exposed to women's sexuality, and it mm. was really invigorating for me to hear about a lot of things that I didn't, I had never realized or never known, and it was more of an, an you know, intrigue. Um, yeah. And since then, I think I've sort of continued to like self educate and and blossom into more of a wanting to really understand my body and the things that I'm, that I'm using and mm. the things that I'm doing to it. And I felt that it was really important for me to know that and for black people to also know that, because that's not something that that's a privilege, right. That we don't yeah. get. And so when we, when we look at these numbers of HIV and um, you know, high pregnancy rates and STDs and mm. African-Americans have the most sex and all of these things, they, they tie back to, you know, early, education and what we're learning and the Absolutely. resources that were provided. Um, so yeah, it was just a wake up call for me. Yeah. And I can probably, cause I don't like to generalize, but I can assume mm -hmm. properly that most men have learned about sex from porn. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. remember back yep. in the day, how they had the boxes, the scramble boxes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much, you know, and I was, I was uh, nice with the detective skills, finding the, the hidden DVDs and all that shit. But anyway, <laughs> but, um, with that, I think that, you know, that's been a very damaging thing for um, mostly men, but also for women too. But I don't want to speak mm -hmm. on women. I'm just going to speak from the male's perspective of, you know, with pornography. Because with that, yeah. it's very performative and it's more so catered towards men. So um, that's something that is honestly, I, I think really is a bad influence um, on how we're treating sex and interacting with it. And especially when it comes to women also. So absolutely, does your app have any education centered around uh, pornography and its negative effects on um, the libido and other psychological issues at all? Yeah, we actually just did an article on black fetishism, actually. And it was a mm. point that we made in there around the obsession of porn and the um essentially the perfectionism that comes with what porn looks like and that yeah. sex is supposed to be like that um mm. and often the what drives male um wanting to have so much sex not not just an ego thing but also the trying to find the right partner that can give them that porn experience right or yeah. the 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 fetish of having a porn experience. And so, yeah, we do have, we do have a resource that we, we wrote about that. And I think to your point, yeah, like for me, I remember staying up late. I think I was like 11 or something, maybe it was 10, 11, 12. And um, I was watching HBO and I came across. Oh yeah, back in the day. <laughs> back in the day, right? Like at like 1 a.m. Yeah, back in the backs. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah, you had so to had a uh, yes. had a cartoons on the last button just in case. Okay, <laughs> yes. So yes. So you're right. Like you yeah. come across these things, and then you go to school, and you tell your friends, and your friends are like, "Oh, I watched it." You know, they're all you're all talking about that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that and or, and then you're listening to what other people are saying, and so yeah, I mean, this 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 we have to like be re be realistic when it comes to sex right this point this porn obsession I, you know i don't know the the this is why therapy is important also yep. we do have amazing sex coaches you know celine you know taryn also you know a, a slew of them that mm. really offer like counsel on how yes you because porn is healthy it it, it does help with masturbation that there yep. it is you know it is not always negative 
but there's a balance that needs to come with it. And I really do encourage people to think about just talking to someone about that. If you're feeling like you're going to, you know, you're the, the porn thing is becoming too much. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that point up too, definitely. Because I know for me, um, I always talked about the mental health issues that I faced and how I dealt with childhood trauma, but necessarily Mm -hmm. one of the the negative coping skills that I adapted uh, during college was utilizing sex as a way Mm -hmm. to distract myself from the emotions and feelings. So it's very real, you know, you think that, you know, um, you're just out here, you know, get, getting your nuts off, you know, young, dumb, full of gum and shit. But yeah. you don't realize after the fact that you were really just doing it to really suppress what was going on within your mind and to distract yourself. So mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people go through that. And um, for me, I had to grow out of that by, you know, utilizing my background within helping others with mental health issues and seeing that, oh, there's a pattern going on with this, definitely. So that's definitely, um, you know, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that is very important and people don't realize that. Um, And sometimes that hypersexuality comes from uh, sexual trauma from Mm -hmm. childhood also. Absolutely. So, you know, I want to be very clear that... um, it's not in the. It's not up to the woman in our community to fix the fix the problem with this. And men need to step up and check other men. Um, mm-hmm. And you may have the opinion that may spark someone else's uh, idea of how we can fight uh, sexual trauma within the black community. So I want to ask you, uh, what are some of your thoughts on how we can break the cycle within the black community when it comes to sexual violence? Yeah. Um, gosh. So one of the things that we talked about with Blex was around the man having to feel like they are in control sexually. There is a perceived notion, and I think it starts when there are, you know, with boys of being this macho man and having to deliver to, you know, for a woman and, you know, in the The bedroom. The patriarchy is very heavy. Exactly, right? And so you combine that with women who are the messages that they are getting are, you know, be strong and stand up for yourself. And, you know, you can be anything. And when you have a, a man who is hypersexual or who's um, his masculinity is, mm-hmm. is elevated and feeling as if, and I'm just going to say, cause let me just make this clear. There is reversal, right? Where women are abusers too. I'm just talking about yeah. men as abusers at this point right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, you know, there's this, the, the two together, it, it becomes where a man is hearing no, that he is feeling inferior. And we yep. have to break break that down a bit. I think when, when boys at a very young age of teaching them to not have, you know, not have to be this macho man. I, you know, I think the yeah. example is Little Boosie. He, man. right? Hot right? fucking mess. Right? Yeah. Hot fucking mess, okay? having these grown ass women, you know, it, it, it yep. just, it's, it's disgusting, you know, and that's what a lot of little boys see is how to, you know, you know, how to get more ass, how to be, um, you know, this, 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 this deliverer in, in the bedroom and it, that we don't, you know, it, we have to stop that. That is not what we should be educating our children on. And so I, I think it's, I think it starts at, at home, I think it starts with black men saying mm-hmm. it's saying it's okay to not be a hoe, dog. Like you know, it's it's yeah. cool. Um, we got to have more of those conversations, and we have to stop. We have to stop, you know, teaching little boys, how, you know, how to be men so young. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it, it, that that helps with some of the sexual violence. I, I think there's also this 
um, this perceived notion of black girls, um, they are perceived to be older than their age because of how they dress when mm-hmm. they're young. It's, um, I'm, it's so sad, but, but honestly, you know, it's, I think you have children, you have children raising children, right? Like yep. I remember looking at some of my, my friends, they would be wearing two piece bathing suits, you know, at like eight or whatever. And my mom yeah. be like, you don't be in a one piece, you know, or when they were 16, they were already, you know, they had balls and, tube tops and all of that stuff. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, not, I'm not blaming that on our, on, on us as a community, but I think that there, when you see a young girl with those, with that outfit on, yep. she automatically is, she's fast. And so now that's, that's, I'm, I'm a man and that's prey and that's an opportunity for me. And, yeah. you know, I, I think, I think there's a lot of conversations in the black community that we don't have enough of. And, and, that's one of them um, mm-hmm. is, is the sexual violence piece. So appreciate you bringing that up. Ooh, that was a lot. No, nah, no, nah, no worries <laughs> at all. Because like, I honestly feel that conversation is key to solve a lot of our problems. Like mm-hmm. we're starting to have the conversation when it comes to mental health. So people are work, worrying about that now. They're not being in their, uh, their little silos when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. They're being more vocal. And that's mm-hmm. the same thing with sex and sexual violence. We have to act, actually come out here and speak on what's going on. Absolutely. Because even with the East Coast, we have a high rate of sex trafficking and Mm -hmm. that is something that, you know, is just, I really fear for the women that are within my family, anyone, any woman that I know, any woman that Mm -hmm. I don't know, because we're seeing how shit real is real out here. And it's sad because I think that it goes back also to um, the patriarchy a little bit, but also, you know, I'm not even going to go into like the conspiracy uh, theory type stuff because we already see what's going on with with the with y'all president ain't my president. Oh, but, God. Uh, no, not mine yeah, either. Don't. Exactly, <laughs> and these Jeffrey Epstein's and whatnot. So I really think it oh, is man. a trickle down type thing, mm. but it's just absolutely ridiculous. And one thing I believe in is definitely when it comes to combating sexual violence is teaching self defense. Also, mm. um, it it is not up to a woman to prevent herself yep. being in situations Absolutely. at all, but she should know how to protect herself, definitely, because we're seeing all the shit that's going on, you know? Absolutely. And if someone's taught how to disable somebody um, in a way and get away so that, you know, they can live and tell the story and to help other people, then, you know, that's very important. So that's my thought on how we can break it too, because, you know, Absolutely. I'm all for talking, but sometimes you got to get to the action, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So this is my thought with that, you know? So that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mm, yeah, that, that that area is that like, definitely just pissing me off. Definitely, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Man. So, along the lines of sexual violence, um, we had the whole fuckboy incident of Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion. Oh my god! And with that, I, I really attribute to that to being a uh, matter of ego and the whole thing of uh, I'm a man and you should submit to me or you should give me what you, what I want and all that stuff. Definitely. So have you had any experiences with men? Because I feel that allowing black women to share the stories makes it more real versus hearing from hearing hearsay. Oh, this happened to me. This happened to them. So like, uh, if you are comfortable, uh, of course, you don't have to speak on it. If you're not comfortable, I want to make sure that that's the ultimate thing right there. So have you had any incidents where, you know, you just felt let down by a black man at all. Like, damn, you were supposed to look out for me. And when it came to like a sexual um, encounter or something like that. Yeah. Thank, thank goodness. I have not. Um, okay. But I do know many women who have, 
And I have very close friends who have. Um, And, you know, I think for Black women, the first thing that we think of doing is protecting our people. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's the first thing that Megan did, right? It was this whole, I don't want to be a rat um, type of mentality. I don't want to get Tori in trouble or anything like that. I'm a, Mm -hmm. you know, not share what happened. Um, And um, I think a lot of women or or friends that I know also feel silenced when those things happen because they don't want to be perceived as um, not, not, not so much a snitch, but, Mm. um, you know, calling men out on their shit. So I, I haven't, I haven't honestly been through anything traumatic like that. Um, thank goodness where, you know, I, I have had to deal with, uh, sexual violence, but I couldn't, you know, it's, Mm. it's a matter of allowing women to tell their stories and not suppress them. And it made me, what, what made me so upset about the Megan thing was not so much that Tori was silent, right? Like he's embarrassed as hell. You know, he ain't shit. He need to hide. Like I'm, I'm cool. Yeah. He's been deleted. I'm actually, I'm actually okay. Not hearing from you dog. Like I'm good. It took Megan weeks to have to come out and say something about it. Like, uh, and she shouldn't uh, have had to come out and say nothing. Exactly. Exactly. She shouldn't have had to. And even when she, and when she wanted to, that's when she should have. Not all mm-hmm. this, let's wait, let's hold it. To have to deal with that mentally for weeks is yep. traumatic. It's traumatic, right? Like, it, 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 if you leave it to white women, they're telling, they're telling who, who did something right. They, they're not waiting mm-hmm. weeks. You, you, you know, he did it. You know, or they even I'm, gonna lie about it too. Or they even gonna lie mm-hmm. about it, right? Yep. You know, and it's okay for them to. You know, I, I just it it hurts me and it breaks my heart that we're still here and not yes. giving black women spaces to speak up and say what happened. Right? We we mm-hmm. are we black women are still feeling like we have to hold things down and protect our black men, and that's yeah. why we're screaming protect black women. Like th- this is why we're screaming it because. Megan Thee Stallion, as influential as she is, mm-hmm. can't even do it herself. So yep. how you think of normal ass <laughs> black woman on the street, you know, like put that into perspective, right? If that's your sister, that's your, 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 your mother, you know, your, your you know, your uh, people that are in your family. I, I need, mm-hmm. I need, I want us, I want black men to start to think about sisters as a community and not, and not protect black women just based on what they might look like or, you know, cause I, there was also conversations around, well, Megan's way bigger than Tori and all this other stuff. That like, you know. shit. She's a woman and exactly. you're a man. Exactly. For no, for no damn exactly. reason. Like you're not being caused physical harm. You're not being threatened. Like it was strictly ego right there. So that kind of like, in, in recent weeks, I, I've been getting annoyed by people saying black lives matter but then seeing how it only matters to certain uh, Mm -hmm. sectors of black lives. Like Mm -hmm. um, there was a video a few weeks ago. um, I forgot when it was exactly, but there was a group of men in New York. um, One guy in particular had a black lives matter t-shirt on and he threw a black woman in a gutter, like in in one of the uh, trash bins. I'm like, what the fuck is that? My God. And then also when it comes to people saying black lives matter, 
they oftentimes leave out the LGBT community and also yep. our trans brothers and sisters and individuals. Yep. And that's something where it's like they're facing high rates of black men killing. Well, more so, let me speak about trans women. Black women, black men are killing trans women at extremely high levels. And it's for mm-hmm. no damn reason of them just living and being themselves. So are you aware of any resources that are available to the trans community? Because I think that's very important f- for us to know uh, how we can assist them, um, especially like people who are not within the trans community, but more so yep. identify themselves as allies. So are you aware of any um, resources or specific uh, organizations that we can donate to? Yes. So um, I just want to point out Dr. Um, Lex, who is a um, intimacy coach who specializes mm-hmm. in LGBTQ. Um, she's the Institute for Sexuality and Intimacy. Yeah. Um, and she had posted something on Instagram that basically, you know, to, to straight men, that being attracted to trans women means that you are straight. I just want to put that out there because I think that yes. is very important and something that people do not understand (laughs) that Mm -hmm. trans women are women right um and so in in saying that it is okay for you as a straight man to like or feel attracted to a trans woman it's okay i just want to put that out there first before i go into a few organizations so yes there is the lgbtq society um black the black lgbt plus society of uh, New Jersey, actually, that is based in Patterson. That mm-hmm. is an amazing resource for people if they want to donate, um, you know, t- to an organization. They do a lot of grassroots um, work in the tri-state area. Yeah. Um, and most of, a lot of what they're also doing is helping sex uh, traffickers. They're, they're helping to um, house them when they are trying to escape um, mm-hmm. the, their situations. There is also, yeah, it's amazing. Um, there's also, of course, GLAD, um, which is global. There's SNAPCO um, mm-hmm. in Atlanta that um, that actually was, um, it was formed back when the Atlanta, uh, the former mayor, uh, Kasim Reed, mm-hmm. were engaging in sex work. There was a, um, a, 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 a issue with, I think, 10 different trans women found dead in a, a matter of like 48 hours. So they created this. ridiculous. Yeah terrible they created this organization snapco and then the last is um transgender awareness alliance um is another great organization that is doing work to assist transgender people on getting you know legal name change providing support for healthy living making sure that they're getting resources to health care um mm. and we have a blog on all of these um resources as well on, a, on the black app okay that's definitely dope and i know for me like i'm a straight cisgender heterosexual male Mm -hmm. and I I just like learning in general and whatnot and I know for me a big resource for me to learn about the trans community was uh the show Pose it's a dope ass show definitely and it had a lot of uh, yeah a lot of history within it too and seeing how the impact of even when uh AIDS hit New York not just for the LGBT community not for the trans community but in general you see what the reaction was to it. Mm-hmm. So for a historical perspective, definitely check out Pose and you'll get yeah. a good idea of it. And even with that, you know, we have a lot of their lingo being stolen and appropriated oh by, you know, regular yep. people too, you know. Yep. And one thing that I've seen is that 
there are women who are extremely homophobic or transphobic and whatnot. Mm. Um, and necessarily it's one of those things that I've seen, um, it's more accepted for women to be involved with other women. But when it comes to like a man being involved with another man, that double standards there and whatnot. So as a woman, how do you think that we break that cycle right there? Because, you know, that, that piece, you know, they, they may be, um, mentally and emotionally damaging their children without knowing, and that's going to cause long-term effects. You know, uh, I, I believe it's one, one of the city girls that said something about if one of her kids were gay, then that she would beat the shit out of them to get it out. So, like, what's your thought about, you know, breaking that cycle when it comes to Black women being transphobic or homophobic? Yeah, that is so... Uh, thank you for bringing that up. I had um, actually seen a few comments on Instagram on someone's post around... Um, black women feel some type of way about trans women getting a lot of attention and that mm-hmm. um, because their anatomy is not the same or they, you know, can't do the same things, they're not a, they're not a woman and shouldn't be considered that. And so yeah. there's, you know, th- there is across the black community that we have to be so hypersexualized as we are, yeah. we still have this taboo uh, of, you know, this, this stigma around being gay. Um, and, um, and having to, y'all, that is like, fucking dumb. It's it's dumb. It's dumb as hell. Right. Like that's like white people saying that, like white people being racist towards us. It's the same exact thing. You know, I literally wanted to be like, it's like white supremacy y'all. You know, it is this, yeah, it is this belief that we have infiltrated in our community, people feeling like. It's oh, it's it's not okay to mm-hmm. be with the same sex, and we have to get past that, y'all. We got bigger issues, and we have Thanks. to. It's just, it's disgusting. It, it's for black women to be the ones that always hold us down in the community. For them to be feeling some type of way about gay people is it, it baffles me. Um, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. The line yeah. from the city girls is also disturbing, right? It's, it it mm-hmm. goes back to the whole little boosie thing. We have to break those conversations um, yep. and we have to allow, we have to allow black joy to exist and black joy is different. It comes in different form and that is okay. We have to be all right with that. Um, yeah. Loving, loving who I want to love is a, is a form of black joy. We've been through a lot. We've been suppressed. Now mm-hmm. we want to break each other down because we like the same sex. Come on. We're, we, we can't, we can't continue to have these conversations. Um, you know, black, you know, we can't scream black lives matter if we're only thinking about Mm -hmm. certain lives of black people, it, 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 that we have to come together as a unit. If we want to really see black lives matter, that's it. And and people don't realize too, that a lot of our leaders who are leading these social justice movements are a part of the LGBTQIA plus plus, you know, I got my stuff a little bit, you know, Uh, and and trans community, they are a part of those communities and they don't realize that. So, you know, we need to recognize that because they're putting in the work for us as a whole. So we Mm -hmm. need to really give them the same consideration. Um, So let's, let's move on to something, you know, a little lighter, a little more fun and all that stuff, because, you know, uh, there is a, I want to make sure that we did talk about the heavier stuff when it comes to sex, because that's information that we don't talk about within the community. However, um, sex is taboo overall. So Mm. let's, let's get into kink really. So with that, um, I know, uh, that people really haven't explored, uh, well, people are 
interested in it. Um, you know, you see Rihanna, she came out with the album a while ago, um, yeah. talking about all that stuff. I forgot what, what that was, uh, rated R or something like that. Mm-hmm. But what are some resources for Black people to learn about kink? Um, I know that there's some private uh, sex club parties, swimmer clubs. Uh, I've had those experiences going there. I'm not really going to yes. get into that right now. But uh, like, what are some resources that you have, though, for people to explore kink? Because I think that's very important for those who are kind of like, oh, I wonder what's going on. But, you know, how can I actually learn about it? Yeah. So actually on our Blexbox Instagram page, we have a post where we, we talked about the 25 Black sex kink and body positive accounts you should follow. Um, okay. So please check that out. But what I would say is there's Kinky Black Educator. Um, there, there's so, if you type in Kinky Education on Instagram, you mm-hmm. will find so many Black kink opportunities to learn about it. Um, Sensual, uh, uh, Sensual Essentials does, um, she does different classes that for mm-hmm. couples, for individuals as well. Um, on kinks and one is BDSM 101 and it's basically how to use like simple things you don't have to go crazy we're not you know doing whips but like little things like handcuffs Um, you know how to how to basically start to adopt small kinks that you like right because it's all Mm -hmm. about what you like it's it's different Um, trying things out to understand what you like and don't like when it comes to different kinks Um, Yeah, and so we, our Blexbox, that's our, our, our sexual kit um, that I was talking about earlier, basically has so many resources on that. And that's one of the reasons why we actually created this, this kit, because it's, it gives people the opportunity to start to play around with some of their kinks and massage oil that we have. It's a candle that you light, and you're able to pour it on your partner or on yourself and massage it and still yeah those those are good those are good those are good (laughs) (laughs) just like y'all know i'm just like y'all know you know just like y'all know know. (laughs) yes so yeah so definitely follow us on blackbox we have tons of bdsm resources and kink resources and i encourage people to start to play you know play around with some of those things to it's fun it's a lot of fun i've yeah yeah me and me and my partner so, yeah, anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> not, for, not for you. And like, that's the thing, you know, and the black spot was here back in the day. That would have been perfect. You know, I was using right, a, right. a do-rag back in the day when I had six waves. So, <laughs> but you know, you gotta, you gotta be, uh, you, do what you, gotta innovative. Do. you gotta be innovative, you know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. But that's definitely dope. And, um, with the black box, does that, uh, rotate with the products that you have, or is that just one set, uh, box of things that people can acquire? Yes, it rotates. So on, we're trying to get to a quarterly basis where the box changes. So we may keep some things in it and swap out a new product, or we may change the box completely. So it's more of a surprise and delight. Um, we also get a we we build the box based on feedback from our previous customers and from our our mm. followings and our network. So we we actually did a survey to understand, you know, do you like BDSM? Would you be interested in? you know, yeah. getting a box that has X, Y, and Z. So a lot of our boxes are actually curated based on consumer feedback. Okay. Yeah, now I definitely encourage y'all to go ahead and explore, have fun with your partners. Um, the mm-hmm. main thing, like always have rules when it comes to sex, as long as it's yes. safe, consensual. Consent, please, um, yeah. Everybody's getting pleasure from it. It's legal. That's the only thing that matters. Yeah. Those four things. Oh my know? God, um, legal, please. Yes, absolutely. Because some of y'all be wilding out here. Okay. Um, yeah. But we're not going to get back heavy again. You know, we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm all, for this show, I like it to be more so of an educational tool to help aspiring entrepreneurs, right? 
So yep. what has been uh, the biggest challenge for growing the app and advice for upcoming app developers? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess the, it's been, so the, the challenging piece of growing the app is scalability, I think, across mm. state lines. Yeah. So what people don't understand is, well, there's, what I didn't realize is that privacy policy can be different based on state. Um, mm. And That's the data HIPAA, that right? you, yeah, HIPAA, exactly. Okay. So ours is HIPAA compliant. Anything that you're doing where it's like a form of therapy or coaching, it has to be HIPAA compliant because you are sort mm. of, you know, giving, getting consent forms from individuals. Um, mm. It's a bit tied to medical. Um, so it's like going to the doctor and you fill out those forms. So okay. we, we had to get a HIPAA compliant app. We do have that, but it gets a little tricky when you start to cross borders. Um, and so that's gotcha. been one big challenge for us. Another challenge has just been um, trying to engage people with more evoking blog content. So mm. we're trying to think about, you know, our editorial plan, the topics that we're going to focus on. Like, I love that you guys um, are now doing a lot of things on voting. Um, mm. And you're giving, thank you, thank you. you're giving, yeah, I love it. Like, I was like, yes, thank you. Shout um, out to Lynn, like, my intern. <laughs> okay, go Lynn. So like, we are also in that same phase of like, okay, what topics, because it's a lot changing in the, yes. in the world, right? You, you got to sort of adapt to the news cycle a bit. Um, mm. So we're also trying to do that as well. And that's sort of, I think those have been the big challenges. So the, the, the key to app developers, one is, I got my app developed in India. Get your app developed in India. Mm. It's, <laughs> it's cheap, right? Most, it's cheaper. cheaper to outsource. It's, it's cheaper to outsource, please. Um, I, you know, made in America, that's cool too, but it's so, so expensive. And if you, if you don't know if the app is going to be viable, just spend a little bit first and then you can bring on a, you know, a U.S. based developer later in life. Mm. Also, I would say it's always good to have either some type of coder in-house or UX designer in-house um, because having to outsource that all the time is super expensive. So outsource the development, but the upgrading, the, you know, when you get feedback from people, all the integrating and the optimizing, do that in-house um, and do that like, a you know, get an intern basically, or, you know, a, a, a specialist who just graduated from like, you know, computer science or something. Um, are, are sort of the two things that I would recommend for people who are looking to, to develop an app. Where do you see Blacks in five years? Oh gosh. I, I would like to have been bought by I a, <laughs> you, you know, I, I would, I would like to be acquired by um, some media company or, um, Hey Blavity, just, putting that out there. Um, uh, like all you know, I, yeah, you know, <laughs> essentially, essentially, you know, we are going to be moving into a, um, a Kickstarter Indiegogo campaign uh, crowdfunding phase, um, nice. which is exciting, um, hopefully in early 2021. So we're sort of trying to get that all together. Um, mm. But yeah, ultimately, I want Blex to have grown and be, it, it, it be, it's a destination for black people who are sexually active and looking to enhance their, their lifestyle. I, I want it to become, you know, broader than just the solutions that we provide, but an actual resource for people where we're doing a lot of things with the mm -hmm. community and nonprofits. Um, so that's essentially where I see it in five years. And I see it belonging to some other bigger entity who can 
scale it and make it super profitable. <laughs> got you, got you. Well, we got to get a collab before uh, it goes to a non-Black owned yeah. person. So let me know. <laughs> we got to do that. Get this video series popping, you know, only Black owned things yeah. right now. <laughs> okay, but, uh, okay. But, but can you give people the, uh, the, the, the reason why you want to sell it? Because I, people, I understand because I'm in the business field, but I want people yeah. to understand why you want to sell it, though. Because, again, like this is an educational point right here. Yeah. So, you know, what, one, one reason, well, and just to say, I don't plan on selling it to a non-black person. I am hoping that, uh, yeah, like I am hoping even the, even the woman that we're working with to help us um, do like a valuation for our business and everything, she's black. So I am, I would be looking for, yeah, black people got to run this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) You can't, you know, mm -mm. Um, so you know, one thing is there, I like professionally, I have a full-time job and career that mm. I absolutely love, love, love. Um, nice, so I'm nice. a, you know, full, full, yeah, full-time entrepreneur, I guess, full-time professional, full-time entrepreneur. And so just looking down the road, just my lifestyle change wouldn't allow me essentially to do both. So mm-hmm. that's number one. However, number two, you often when you do your business plan and you hit a particular um, evaluation where you feel your business is profitable to your market set, that's an opportunity for you to sell it to mm-hmm. get even more money for your business, right? It's, it's essentially bringing someone else on who has much more resources and, you know, more resources more um, money. It, 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 you're, if you're wanting to really bring your, t- take your business to the next level, selling mm-hmm. it allows you to do that with additional people at the table who will help you realize that. So you think of Shark Tank. You, you know, mm-hmm. people go to Shark Tank and they bring investors in because they're wanting to bring their business to the next level. And at yep. the five, six year mark, that's where you should, that's what you should be thinking about if your numbers are right. So I always recommend people, if you're doing a for-profit business, to do a business plan. It doesn't have to be 12 pages. It could just be one page, two page. But mm-hmm. run your numbers. Be, and, and Black Girl Sunscreen, I, I would just throw that out there, actually just raised, I think they just got their sunscreen and put into Target and they had raised $9 million and now are worth like $14 million. You know, it's... Yeah. They, they, yeah, crazy. They realized that because they looked at their... you got to be in your numbers. And once you start to see your numbers are hitting a particular threshold and you want to upscale your business, it's important that you bring the right people into the table because when you're dealing with, with scalability and you don't have mm. the right people at the table, you're ultimately going to fail and end up losing a lot of money. You don't want to lose money. Mm-hmm. So it's important. It's important to think about your business as not just something for today, but also for years ahead because having, you know, selling it off and giving, getting it to someone who can, grow it it, 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 it's amazing right it's that's the whole point of it that's what white people do (laughs) exactly that's what the whites do so I encourage everyone to just and there are a number I mean I don't I don't I don't know if that's the next maybe the next thing you do but we have an accountant that we work with we have a black accountant um, so I'm I glad you people. said that too, because a lot of people yeah. try to do finance, including myself right now. I'm not uh-huh. outsourcing right now, but I'm, I'm doing that by the end of the year. So, you know, that's accountability right there. So thank you. Yeah. 
of course, of course. Yeah, you know, black people. Like, here's the thing: you you're not you're not bringing them on full time. You're bringing them to help you, you know, counsel you on a couple of things. I'm all into like doing your own numbers because that's also good too. Um, mm-hmm. But bring an accountant in when you're ready, when you get to that point where, you know, two, three years and you're like, okay, we only got three, three years left and I really want to reach X amount of goal. Bring that person in to help you realize what could be possible. Um, I think that's super important not to just like put it all on yourself. Okay, okay. Well, y'all, y'all peep out the jewels that uh, Tanisha has dropped. She's going to be dro- selling this thing for a big bag in five years, you know, we manifest <laughs> we'll over see. here. She gonna get Manifested. That Definitely. I'm, I might have to pick your brain too. You know, I'll pay you for your services because she got some jewels. I'm like, oh, okay, that's how she did that. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> so uh, one thing that we have here is called the Karen Chronicles, right? So if you ever had an issue oh with a God. Karen, a Chad, a Tanner, you know, wh- whoever, uh, within your current uh, adventures with Lex Technologies, tell us about a time like that, or it could be from your regular career, but preferably from what you've been doing right now with your app. And company. Yeah. Yes. All the time. Gosh, is this going to mm. be recorded? Lord, I'm <laughs> so we got, so we have part. Don't criminate oh, yourself. Yeah. You know, no, this yeah, is this, this description. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what am I trying? How do I say my uh, COO Shalita would kill me if I like put anything on the table. No, there, you know, as a black owned company, I think, look, white people are always questioning the shit that we do. And they Man, will listen. say things, you know, like it's just, it's like microaggressions. I've dealt with a lot of microaggressions mm. with Black. When we were first trying to get the app developed, I wanted to make sure that I brought people into the fold who knew stuff about like sexual education. Mm. And I found a, a white woman, a Karen, um, and I was and I told her about it, and she wanted to do you know good for Black people, and I, I sort of brought her into the conversation. And um, she wait, did she say she wouldn't do good for black people because they'd be bored like that? I want to do good for black or some white saver shit. She on some white exactly on some white Mm. saver shit. So it was Mm. it was like oh okay like now we're charity. But she would always there would be like mad microaggressions that she would say around you know are you sure you can take this on or um, you know well that you know that seems to be a little bit out of you know out of your league like shit like that. And so I yeah you know I um. You got to just kill him with kindness. Um, it, Can't kill him it, with pettiness, though? <laughs> no, I mean, I do that, too. And I don't think she catches that. But, yeah, you yeah. know, like, I, I, let her, I let her know with, you know, like, chill, you know, chill, Karen. Um, yeah. yeah, no, we, you know, it, I think when we, when we, sh- when we show up as a, as a Black organization, uh, white people are automatically scratching their heads. Like, how did you do all this? You know, like, mm-hmm. how are you able to do that? They question your existence when yep. they see Black people being successful or have a great idea. I mean, look, we invented a lot of shit back in the day that we never got credit for, right? And yep. um, the monkey wrench, I think, I just found that out. I'm like, what? We invented the monkey wrench? Like, that's the, the stop. I just stop found that out right now, you know? too. <laughs> yeah, like, the, <laughs> the stoplight was created by a Black man. Like, Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I think he did the yeah, you, uh, fridge, too, I think, or something like that. Yeah, you know, like, this is, you know... And it's, it's, we get a lot of that with Blacks often, um, with even our partners, our vendors that we work with. Um, we, we do have, I just want to shout out, we do have a great ally, our social media manager, um, okay. who is white. Yep. Who is, is has really, sh- I think, challenged and stretched herself to be a better listener and like 
more of a let me shut let me shut the hell up and let these white people like you know I'm just gonna follow their lead type of thing. But yeah, often we don't. Yes, you know, give give props for due. But yeah, most the majority of them is you know looking at us crazy or trying to figure out how we got you know how do we who what how do we steal this money <laughs> to get yeah. to this you know um, they, they just can't understand it um, and that I think is you know with the, even with the Christian Cooper thing that happened in the park like I I think I think the the white people often are using their privilege not in the best of ways mm-hmm. and. They just got to do, they got to do, they got to listen more. They got to listen more. Um, and they, they have to use their privilege better. Um, yeah. But yeah, being a black owned business is difficult. <laughs> yeah. They need to listen more and wear the damn mask and keep their distance. Cause them wear your man. mask mm, mm. and wash your hands. Yeah. Wash your legs too. Cause I just heard oh they're wash their wash legs. Your le- <laughs> yeah, they don't wash their legs. Man, you know, they don't use washcloths or like little boots. Yeah, uh, it's, it's crazy. Okay. It's a crazy All world right. out here. We, we good. We moisturize <laughs> out here. We are super moisturized. Absolutely. Moist and clean. Okay. But it's been a great episode. Thank you for coming on to the Miseducation of the People. Thank you for having me. Now, nah, no problem at all. We definitely got way more conversations when it comes to sex that need to be had. So, you know, hopefully we can get y'all back on here and talk more. But uh, if y'all listening, though, we got another two-pack that we dropped. So we got another interview with Celine, uh, IG Live, a Blex Takeover yes. we did a few months ago. So once you're done with this episode, go ahead, check it out. You know what I mean? So um, go ahead and plug your stuff. How can they uh, reach out to Blex Technologies? How can they get that Blex box so they're not using their do-rags <laughs> like me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can visit us at blextechnologies.com. And then we are on IG um, Blex underscore app and Blex underscore box. All right, all right. So y'all go ahead, make sure y'all check it out and, you know, appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Taryn. Bye. As usual, please, please, please connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Real Talk Session Series. And let us know your thoughts. Um, we got some really interesting episodes coming up uh, over the next couple of weeks. And, you know, uh, we want to see what y'all what y'all like. You know, let us know if we're doing our thing. And of course, um, please share the podcast, rate, review, and subscribe if you're feeling it. Uh, rate five stars. You know, we trying to make things happen over here. We trying to get active, uh, get that merch. Um, we got a whole bunch of different merch. Uh, we got the fall line about to drop. Um, we do be having some sales. Y'all missed on a good sale. Um, the twenty dollar house sale. So if you ain't get your stuff, it's still there. It ain't twenty dollars no more. But uh. <laughs> We'll be having that sale again soon, um, so keep an eye out on our social media and, of course, on the podcast because we will be advertising it, definitely. Um, and the investment from all of the proceeds go towards uh, our efforts of bringing easily accessible education resources to the black community. So um, also, we're trying to uh, travel to different locations of the country to highlight some organizations that are doing some dope stuff because... Um, there's a lot of resources out there for black people, um, that will help us, uh, aspire to new heights. Um, and you know, we got to put a light on it because no one else is, you know, so your support will help us do that. And another way, uh, if you don't want to buy merch is to donate. That is also an option. Uh, we got the cash app, but also, uh, please visit realtalksessionseries.org for more information. And as usual, thank you for tuning in to the miseducation of the people, Proudly brought to you by the Real Talk Session Series, where all we do is provide that real talk only. All right, peace. This education of